It's good to see you. It's good to see you. I see you right there. Um, hey, so we are in this series called Eight Traits. We are looking at um, eight traits of the disciples. We've been in the book of Acts. This is what we've been studying. We've been looking at different traits of what is it, what, how do they kind of live this out? Like when you see someone who's doing these things, you go, oh, that's a trait of a disciple. Um, so we've been walking through these. We're in our fifth week of this. Um, before we look at our fifth trait, I want us to be reminded of uh, the definition we gave to, uh, for all of us to learn about what it means to be a disciple. A basic, simple uh, definition so that anyone can remember it. So we said this, that a disciple of Jesus is someone who listens and who learns and then they act. Listens, learns, and acts. So when you think about it, um, the disciples that were with Jesus when he was here doing his ministry, they listened to him. They learned from him. They, he, as he taught, they surely listened. And then they acted some. They acted um, out on what God or Jesus had spoken to them and shown them. But it was really in the book of Acts when we see that the Holy Spirit came and it filled up all those who believed and empowered them that we really start to see the actions of, of what they had been listening and learning started to, to play out. And not only that, but you continue to listen and you continue to learn. Like there's none of us here that are through listening, right? There's none of us here that are through learning. Um, none of us here who have completed all the acts that you could complete uh, as a follower of Jesus. So this is an ongoing process. Um, the first week we said that a trait of a disciple is someone who's communal. So they want to be in community with other people. It's part of it. You look in scriptures, you never see a disciple of Jesus who is off on their own, okay? Uh, another trait is someone who obviously is biblical. A disciple is biblical. See, we hear the word disciple, and because you're in church, there's a good chance you think, well, that just is a Christian word, and that's what it is. But no, no, you could be a disciple of a lot of things. You could be a disciple of a whole lot of things that have nothing to do with God, have nothing to do with Jesus, but you can certainly be a disciple of it. And so we say, no, but a, a disciple is biblical. A disciple is someone who is biblical, who God's word has a right and holy place, and your life is based on what you see in that. Third week, we said that a disciple is generous. They're generous with their life. They're generous with the gifts that God has given them. And, and you see this lived out, again, all throughout Scripture. Last week, Justin shared with us how a disciple is someone who is prepared to share their story, to share the good news of what Jesus Christ has done in them, what he's done through them, what he is doing. And he challenged us, our action step last week was to be prepared to share your story. Now, I would love to do a hand raise thing and see how that happened, but I, I've heard from a lot of people who, like this has really resonated with them, it's been there, and I hope that you've stepped up to the challenge, I hope that you're prepared when the opportunity comes, that you will share your story of what God is doing in your life through Jesus Christ. I'm in a community group uh, that we just started doing the series uh, with some women. Some I've known for a while, and some I haven't. And I'm getting, but I'm getting to know all of them in a in a deeper way. And uh, it was really cool on this past Wednesday when we met, as we talked about uh, last week's message and being prepared to share our story. We all started kind of to share, uh, you know, little tidbits, and it wasn't like planned and organized. Like, okay, this is your week to. We just all were just talking and sharing. And in the process, I noticed two things that I, that I wanted to point out to you because it leads us right into what we're going to talk about today. Um, as we each shared our story, and we're all kind of in different places, you know, in our life, we have different stories, different background stories. I noticed something. Uh, 
two things kept popping up in the conversations. One was how, as we talked about our stories, the, the power and the promise of God's word kept coming up. As we talked about what God was doing in our lives, what he had, had done or what he was showing us or, or when we didn't know what to do, the promise and the power of God's word just kept coming up over and over again in our conversation. Right, so that was very cool to see that. See, see how we always, you know, you, sometimes we just need to step back and, and look at our story and realize that. So we saw this. And then the other thing that I noticed that kept popping up in our conversation was the influence that other people had on our lives that brought us to, to the point where we were. So that the power and promise of God's word and the influence of other people. Which leads us to the fifth trait today. And it's this, is that a disciple is someone who is mentored. A disciple is someone who is mentored. Now, here's what I mean by mentored, or you're going to hear me uh, interchange words this morning, two words. You're going to hear me interchange mentorship and discipleship, and I'm kind of doing that on purpose because I want to give ourselves a, a broader definition of what it means. Um, if you're not really from a church background or, you know, or I've never really heard about discipleship, you might think, well, that's, I don't know what that is. But when I say the word mentorship, you go, okay, I kind of understand that. I see that in maybe the workplace or, you know, and stuff like that. So I want us to give a broader definition. Remember when you were in uh, school and you had to do like vocabulary test? And I know you teachers love this. Um, whenever it would be like you have to define a word and and as a student, you just use the same root word to give the definition and teach like, no, nah, that's not going to fly. Like, define farmer. And you'd be like, one who farms. Like, it doesn't, you know. So I kind of wanted to, with mentorship, I wanted us to understand that, that it, this is like discipleship. It's like meeting with another person who can pour into you, who has knowledge, who has understanding, who has experience, who has maturity. But it also means that you can mentor someone else. So you will hear me interchange these words, and I'm not doing it to be confusing. I'm actually doing it to give us a, a broader definition of that. But we definitely are talking about the disciples, those who followed Jesus, okay? Um, Acts chapter 11 is our, is our home base for today. We're going to look at a couple other scriptures as well, but Acts 11 is where we're going to be. And I want to give a little context, um, a little background to this. So um, here's what's going on. Um, <clears throat> as, as word of what the apostles were experiencing and like, what they were sharing, as it spread, what was happening is that all these other people were coming to know Jesus. Now, um, and, and it wasn't just like, wow, that's a really nice, you know, thank you for sharing your three-point message on on who Jesus is and this is God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and I've never heard of that before and thank you very much and it was like it wasn't like just intellectual like okay thank you like what was happening is people who had who had witnessed Christ people who had uh, had uh, been poured into by those who had had witnessed Christ had been with him so it's it's like maybe second generation here maybe generation and a half People are sharing these life-changing stories, right? Not just intellectual, like, you know, tick off a few bits of information, but like, my life was like this, and now it's like this. This guy couldn't move, and now he's walking. That person couldn't see, and now they can see. The, the water was there, and then he's walking upon it. Like, 
they're hearing the stories of Jesus and he's saying, I've come to forgive your sins. I've come to take away the sins of the world and, and you can just lay all of that upon me and I'm gonna take it upon myself and I'm the Savior, I'm the Messiah. This is what people were talking about. And they were like, yes, that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I need. I, I, I didn't, nothing else made sense. This is the good news. Wow, this is really good news. And as the regular old everyday people who were sharing their story were doing this, more people were like, I got to know more, right? It wasn't like just the disciples, the original, right, the OGs. It wasn't just like the apostles who were the only ones who were talking about Jesus. This was regular everyday people who are now experiencing Christ and they're sharing their story and other people want to know more. So all this is building up, okay? There's all these believers, and there is a, a definite need for these believers to be discipled, for them to understand what it means to follow Jesus. And I don't want to get ahead of myself before I jump ahead of the, um, the text in Acts 11. Um, before I read the text in, in Acts 11, I want to remind us of something very important because see um, the great commission right that's as we know it it's in Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20 it's when Jesus kind of gives some 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 parting like here's what you need to do this is how things are going to go now and he tells his disciples that were with him he's like I want you to go out and I want you to make more disciples I want you to make disciples of all the nations. Very important to note that. Some of us, we have this verse you know, memorized, right? But keep all the nations in your mind. And then he says, baptizing them. Baptize these new believers in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then verse 20, he says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And this just occurred to me, like earlier this week. All the commands that Jesus gave him, one of those was the verse just right before it, which is to go and make disciples. He says, and then go do this. Go and do these things. And, he's sure, and then he says, I love this. Be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Like, he wasn't just turning them loose. Like, hey, good luck, guys. <laughs> I'll check back with you later. Let's see how it goes. Like, no, no, I am with you. And so there's this powerful commission that he gives to his disciples, and he says, go and make more of these disciples. So it's the most famous scripture on discipleship you can find. Um, speaking of baptism, I do want to say this real quick, and then we'll look at Acts 11. Um, we, have, you know, we have had a lot of baptisms, which is fantastic and wonderful and amazing, and we decided to kind of group them together. And so our next baptism Sunday is going to be on Sunday, September 26th. So two weeks from today. And so if that's something that you have been thinking about or praying about or want to know more about, after the service, uh, myself and Justin will be over here. Uh, you can come and ask us questions. So we'll give you the best answers we have. And if we don't know the answers, we will look them up and get back with you. But we wanna, we'll talk with you through that and see if that's something that you might be thinking about. Um, okay. So, Jesus wants disciples. We see this in Matthew. Um, he's told them to go and make disciples, and he doesn't want just Jewish disciples. He, he wants people from all over. And what's happening here in Acts 11, as we're about to look, is that all these Gentiles now are in Antioch, and they're hearing this really, really good news about Jesus. 
They're hearing the best news they've ever heard. They're hearing life-changing, like you don't have to live that way anymore kind of news. They're hearing this, and they want to know more. And they're hearing it, like I said, from regular, everyday, just people. So the church, it's still in its infancy, right? They go, hey, let's send someone out and, and see what's going on over there in Antioch. And so they send a man named Barnabas. Now, we'll start in verse 21. And it says, Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death, let's pause there. Stephen was the first martyr that we know of, and he was killed because of his belief. He, was, he would not deny Christ. He was killed because of it. And so guess what? Some people scattered. They didn't want to die like Stephen. Okay, don't fault them. Actually, I think God used that. I know he did to, to advance the message. So they are scattered now, and it says they traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. And then here it is. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. That's what they did. That's who they were, and that's who they associated with, and that's who they spent time with. So when these Jewish believers now, were, they uprooted their lives, and they went somewhere else because of the persecution they were facing elsewhere. When they go and settle, they were settling among other Jewish people, and they're like, hey, we got something to tell you. <laughs> you know this Messiah we've been waiting for? Guess what? We know who it is. And so they're telling their Jewish friends and community about it. That's important to note. And it says this, verse 20, however, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. You and I don't think much about this. We don't think much about this at all. Like, okay, cool. Like, this was not the norm. This didn't normally happen. This, like, this was, this was, this is what changed everything. And remember what Jesus said, go into all the nations. Well, the Jews weren't in all the nations. So they're, whether they know it or not, this is beginning to happen. The Great Commission is coming alive. And so they start to share the message with just regular old Gentile people. Verse 21, the power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. Again, it wasn't like, oh, thank you for, that th thank you for the pamphlet that you left on my, on my doorknob that I read when I got home from work, and I, I read, you know, it was like, no, this is good, good news of life change, of, of, of resurrection power. Right? This is really good news, and a good number believe. Verse 22, when the church at Jerusalem, which was the headquarters, heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. So like, Barnabas, go, let's see what's going on here. Let's see what's happening. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, so straight away he knew this is the work of the Lord for sure, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord, right? So he was like, yes, this is great. Let's keep this up. Stay true to what's going on here. And then I love, it explains who Barnabas is. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. So God is using Barnabas. He's a leader there. He is now placed there as a mentor to these people to help them on their faith journey. Verse 25, then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. You're like, hang on a minute. You were sent there to mentor these people. Why are you leaving? When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. So he went and got Paul because he needed help. 
Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. And I love this part. I didn't do a study as to why it's in parentheses, but I love it. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Wouldn't that be cool to be part of that group? Like the first ones to be called Christians? Like the first ones who were like, why, yes. I'm a little Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus. So the situation here is obvious in Antioch, okay? There's lots of new believers, like they're, they're hearing the good news. There is a huge need, because remember, these are now Gentiles. They have no religious background. If they do, it's something weird and wacky, right? It's not, it's not the structure and, and, and the, the acknowledgement of, of God, of Yahweh. So, I mean, no background, and they're yet saying, okay, yes, Jesus. They need people to mentor them. They need people to disciple them, to pour into them, to help them grow in their faith. And um, they need to be nurtured and trained up and all these things. And Barnabas looks around and he realizes, I can't do this by myself. Absolutely no way. And so he goes and he gets Paul. Now, for any of us that have any kind of understanding of discipleship, we kind of think of Paul. We think usually of Paul and Timothy. It's kind of the go-to of discipleship model in Scripture, which is great. But I think it's really important to know in the story of Paul, if it weren't for Barnabas, I don't think Paul would, would be the mentor that he was. Barnabas went and got him and said, hey, come with me, because Paul's new, right? He's, he's, a, new, he's a new believer. He says, Paul, come with me. And, and so he is mentoring Paul while together they co-mentor all these other people, and they start pouring into the new believers. And so it was like a year of an intensive course that Paul had in how to disciple other people really really important because then he carries that on and he pours that into Timothy and we use all these models and all these conversations today in 2021 talking about mentoring and discipling right so Paul's theme statement I want to note that for a moment his theme statement on discipleship we find it in a letter he wrote to Timothy in 2nd Timothy 2 Uh, verse 2 he says you have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses right so it's like the teachings that I have given that I have shared these are you know these things are accurate and true and they are good and they build everyone up and then he says this is Paul to Timothy now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others do you see the continuation friends you see it? One of the things that I really, I talked, like I said, in our, in our community group on Wednesday was we talked about the influence of other people in our lives. And I think it's always really important and cool. And I was just talking to someone after the 930 service that was just saying, like, you know, sometimes if we just step back and look at, at our life, like where we are right now on our faith journey, we can see how God has, has used people in, in certain times, in certain moments, situations, scenarios, whatever, and they have been so influential in our faith journey. And it might be one person, it might be a whole bunch of people. But if we just step back and look at that, now here's the thing. None of us, do any of us, do we want the story to end with us? I mean, do we want that to be it? Like, hey, thank you for all those like generations and generations and on and on and on and on of people who have poured into people and poured into people and poured in and then me and I'm just going to be done? Dang. What a rejection of all that had happened before, right? 
So there's, there should be a desire. If you're a follower of Jesus, I hope, my prayer is that even this morning, like sitting here, there's something kind of stirring up with you going, I should probably be pouring into somebody else. I don't know a lot, but I know something. I'm going to keep learning, but I think I have something to give too. Because this is continuation. Because here is the principle of discipleship, spiritual multiplication. And, and, if, and the mere fact that we're talking about it today is proof of that. Like we're talking about this now because the disciples made disciples who made disciples who made disciples all the way here to right now. So, when we think about this, investing our life in, in a person who will be you know, qualified to, to mentor another person, who will be, then mentor other people, this is the, the way of it. And if you look back in verse 26 of Acts 11, Barnabas poured into Paul, right? I just told you, like a year he gave pouring into him so that he would, he would learn, so that he would grow, so he could continue this on. Um... There's, there's moments, there's been moments, I'm sure there will be, um, where, where I've seen people, I've known people who have had the aha moment. Like, I kind of picture them being like these Gentiles in Antioch, and this, here, and here comes this new family, they come moving in. Like, they had to leave where they were, they were because of the persecution they were facing for their faith, and they come moving into Antioch, and it's like, hey, you know, these people just moved across the street, and like, let's go find out what's up. You know, hey, welcome to the neighborhood, and and these people are like, we got to tell you something really amazing. We're like, what brought you here? You know, you in the Air Force? You know, the, you know, um, no, we're not. No, we're here because we couldn't stay where we were because we believe in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And if we stayed there, we were going to be killed. So we're here now. And we're going to make this our new home. And what do you do if you're a new neighbor? You're like, wow, well, welcome to the neighborhood. No, you're like, why were you going to be killed? Like, what is this about? And they would tell people. And people wanted to know more. And so all these people think about it. They started having these aha moments, right? Like, what? You mean, you mean to tell me that my sins can be forgiven? You mean to tell me like that this life that, that, that at times seems kind of pointless and, and empty and uncertain and, and it's, it's not, like it's, it's full and it's got promise and there's hope and there's a plan and God actually loves, he knows me, he knows my name, are you kidding me? And these people are having aha moments and one of the saddest, most heartbreaking things I think you can find is someone who has had the aha moment and then nothing else has happened after that. Nobody poured into them. Nobody said, hey, let's start to read the Bible together. Nobody said, hey, I'm like, I'm like maybe two steps ahead of you on this journey, but I will walk with you. There was no community. There was no sense of, uh, of anything of, uh, just outside of that moment of aha. And, and, it's, and it's kind of, kind of sad to see someone maybe sidetrack or kind of flounder in, in that and never really experience the depth of, of faith or the ability to make an impact for Christ so this is why you hear Jesus tell his disciples go and make disciples 
This is why the church in Jerusalem said, we're going to send a good guy, Barnabas. We're going to send him to Antioch, and he is going to pour into these people. This is why Barnabas said, Paul, I need you come with me. And he poured into Paul as they poured into others. And as they poured into others, they then sent those people out to do the same. And it continued on and on and on. They mentored, they discipled, and it continued. And I think when we kind of bring it back now to today, right? Like September 12th, 2021, me, you, we go, okay, hmm. am I being mentored? And am I mentoring? Am I discipling somebody? Am I being discipled? Is someone pouring into me? Do I have something to give and I'm not pouring it out? Because we can all come up with, I know we can all come up with challenges and reasons that we, that we just can't really experience discipleship or mentorship like we look at in Scripture. But I don't, I don't think they're really good excuses. So let's watch a couple of these examples of the power of mentorship that we've seen here at the porch just in the last uh, little bit. Let's watch this. So a year and a half ago, Josh came to me at the church and, you know, we were talking about mentorship and everything and, and asked would I be willing and, and pray about it, you know, to like start mentoring with him. And, and, um, and so we got back together a few days later and we set a time. We started meeting at usually six o'clock in the morning once a week. and. We would have a specific agenda that we would talk, we would pray, and uh, it's just been really encouraging to me. Um, I think I've probably learned more through mentoring this last year and a half than Josh has. Of course, you may disagree. I doubt that. <laughs> but you know how, how I've been challenged through our mentorship is how to be a present Christian father and husband. You know, me and you both struggle with the ability of work life and home life and finding that balance and that's really where some of our mentorship is has gone and to where we both are growing and being there um, for our wives and and our kids uh, you know uh, finding someone out to be a mentor can seem like a scary task or why do I even need to be a mentor but for me you know, I, I work at the church, um, I'm the media pastor, and it's uh, easy, I'm always pouring out and, and helping make the Sundays happen and helping the other events happen, but it's very rare that I have someone pouring into me. And I was noticing my uh, faith journey not only slow down, but almost stop. So I was talking to Shannon and she's like, man, you need to find someone uh, that can pour into you so you so you don't run dry you know we we talk about of that of being poured into and pouring out and making sure that you don't run out and uh, the biggest challenge was finding a person to do that with and then the person that God laid on my heart I didn't really know that well me and you didn't really know each other and I think that's actually why it was a really good fit because we didn't Know, yeah. know each other too well. That's right. Um, which also was the scariest part, I think, too, because you didn't know anything about me really, and you didn't, know, and I didn't know anything about you. Now I know too much about you. Exactly. Just, you know. <laughs> I think also when I think about that, as far as people making a decision or choosing, or you know, because number one, you have to step out your comfort zone. Yeah. Especially if it's somebody you don't know real well. I think it takes a lot of uh, prayer uh, to choose the right individual because a lot of times. You know, it can go both ways. Like you came to me, 
you know, about mentorship, but also if sometimes someone's put on your heart to go to another person, uh, which I know other people have gone to other people and say, hey, I would like to help you. I would like to mentor you, you know, pray about it, think about it, and get back with me and set a time to do that. Yeah. Um, but I think, yes, you don't need to take it like uh, half-heartedly. It needs to be wholehearted. It doesn't need to be a bunch of, which we can have fun, and we do. Yeah. Um, but we try to do something meaningful, uh, weekly, uh, memorable, um, and something to really push our faith journey forward, our, our yeah. Christian walk, and as far as men being being more accountable for one another and in and, and God's eyes, yeah, uh, scripturally. So, but it's it's been good. I've really enjoyed it. Looking forward to doing it some more. Yeah. The hardest thing about starting discipleship was, uh, for me, the fact that I didn't know what discipleship was or that it was a thing. Um, I, you know, knew about the disciples. I grew up in church and um, I, you know, had heard follow Jesus, but I never connected the dots that um, that I am a disciple of Jesus and that I could follow someone who's um, walking that that path of example. So, um, at that time in my life, God put this calling on my life, and I was going to church and just being inspired and encouraged and convicted by the message and then I would go get in my car and go home and eat lunch and not know what to do with it. I was kind of bursting and I knew I was searching for something but I didn't know what it is and um, through a series of events um, God led us to the Sunday school class where Susan and Brian were teaching and they gave a testimony one Sunday and both mentioned being discipled and it just was I was like that is what I've been searching for. Time management's hard because it's an appointment and from young children is when I first started discipling with someone to now I mean their life changes but there's still their work interferences their family interferences all kinds of schedules that we can't control and we have to be committed to that time together so ask someone that's another hardest part about starting asking someone to take their time to spend with you. But if you're leaving church service with questions, that's a nudging from the Holy Spirit. It's time to ask. Let the church come together and help find someone to disciple you. I definitely recommend discipleship for everyone. Um, I have learned that salvation is a gift, but abundant life is a choice. Uh, we have this invitation to abundant life, to walk in the light as he is in the light. And um, the way that we do that is together. You know, he created us for a relationship. And so um, we just can all be willing to do that together and encourage each other, spur each other along as Christ is formed in us. Pray Ephesians 1 for me and for y'all and who I'm discipling with, that you may have that spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I've truly learned, you know, the Holy Spirit is our comforter and here to guide us so that we can understand this gift of God's Word that was given to us. And when it talks about the Word being the sword and the sword of the Spirit and the armor of God, I just get excited once I learn how to apply it. So it's become alive to me and it just really makes me want everyone to be able to experience the grace that I feel to be in a community with discipleship. Because like Katie, there was a long time in my life that I had never heard of discipleship. And I think that we are so blessed to live somewhere where we understand it and where we have people that want to bring us into it because it truly has changed my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna repeat something that Katie said. Salvation is a gift, but abundant life is a choice. And to me, that is the, 
that's the, the truth, the point of, of, of mentorship, of being discipled, is that there is an abundant life we can live into, and it's there. You know? So we hear from a couple of people who tell us, you know what, yeah, there were some challenges, there were some obstacles, yeah, it was kind of weird, yeah, I had to reach out, but, but the power of it, um, I don't know if we picked up on this, but Katie, you and Susan have been meeting for over seven years now, and in that process, then you have discipled other people, a lot of other people, so, um, and, and Max and Josh have been meeting for over a year, year and a half now, and, and doing that, and so it's a, it's a real relationship that ends up forming in, in those things, and I appreciate y'all for for sharing a, a little bit about that. Um, it's, it's not as difficult as we might think. Um, so here's the action step for today, in case you didn't already figure this out. <laughs> um, but it, it starts with something else. Before just, hey, go get mentored, or hey, go mentor somebody. It starts with this. Pray. 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 Pray and ask God, who can mentor me? Who can pour into me? Who, who is it? And, and you might already have that person that's doing that, so praise the Lord for that, all right? But pray about who, can, who is someone that can, that can pour into you, walk alongside of you, study scripture with you, encourage you, pray for you, and, and, and walk with you on the journey. And then secondly, I want you to do this. I want you to pray. And I want you to pray about who you can pour into. Who can you mentor? Who can you disciple? Because the thing that I'm, I'm pretty sure, oh, hang on, then the, here's the third thing. So you pray, and then you pray, and then you ask. Then you ask, right? And you say, hey, will you meet with me? Hey, can I meet with you? Hey, you wanna get together every week, every other week? You wanna, you wanna do this, this thing that we read about, that we see the example of in scripture, and, and, and let's walk on this journey together because I want abundant life. I want to be in this abundant life. Now, I know, the, I know how the Holy Spirit works. <laughs> He's probably, maybe, already dropped someone's name on your mind, just even while we're sitting here. Um, someone for you to ask to meet with you and mentor you. That's fantastic. Like, pray that through and, and respond to that. He may have put a name on your heart of someone that you want to reach out to and go, hey, I'd love to, to meet with you. And it's not like a boastful thing or a prideful thing. It's not like you're going, hey, I know a lot and I want to share it with you. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's humble, actually, to say, I, I, I'll do what I can, but I, I feel like I should meet with you and walk with you on this journey. And if you don't, I want to say this, and, and Susan mentioned it in the video, if you just don't even know where to start with that, like you just don't even know, maybe you're new here, maybe you don't know a lot of people, I don't know. We, of course, as the church, we want to help that we don't want to leave anyone that's going I don't even know where to start um, so you can go to the porchcc.com and you can click on the connect tab that you hear us talk about all the time but we have added in there you can check that if you would like to be mentored or if you're willing to be a mentor um, you can check that and it'll come right to me and I will get with you and I will do my very best to help connect as much as I'm able um, those who desire this for their life because I think this is key. This is important. It's what we see modeled to us in Scripture, and a disciple is biblical. So we want to live this out. I want to close with this as the band comes back up. I want to just close with the words that, that, Tim, that Paul said to Timothy um, in 2 Timothy. Because, see, a disciple is mentored. This is what a disciple does. And, and Paul says to Timothy, he said, you have heard me teach these things. All right? So they've been in this relationship. You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. And then he says, Now, teach these truths to other trustworthy people 
who will be able to pass them on to others. So the continuation is there. The model of, of discipleship is there for us. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would, um, for those of us who are already kind of sensing by your Holy Spirit's nudging a person, a name, um, that we would not just, like Katie said, just go and eat lunch and be done with it and not think about it again, but that we would connect this and then we respond to this. Lord, I pray that there would be a, a strong urge among our people to seek your face, to pray and say, God, what do you have? What, what more? What can I do? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond to you? And that we would just start to, to live into this, to this abundant life. That we wouldn't be sidelined, that we wouldn't be content with just the aha moment, but then nothing else. That we would desire all that you have for us. And in the process, God, <laughs> as hard as it is to comprehend, you want to use us in the lives of other people down the road. And none of us feel worthy to do that. So we thank you so much for Jesus, the one who makes us worthy, the one who, who calls us into, into this beautiful life that's not always easy. But it's beautiful and it's amazing. Lord, would you receive this time that we spend together these next few moments as our worship, our offering of praise, our offering of ourselves, us emptying ourselves. And we would hear from you and we respond to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.